As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, welcome to our multiverse. We're excited you're joining us for our new parody comedy series, Superhero Diaries. Hello, this is Batman. Well, sort of. I mean, I'm not one of those actors who gets to play all your favorite superheroes in movies and TV. I guess you would say I'm a parody version of The Dark Knight. Anywho, me and some of my super friends have decided to tell you what we're really thinking when we are doing all those crime-fighting Earth-saving, multiverse-hopping kind of stuff. We will reveal what's behind the mask. Our most private thoughts. Like, who's our secret superhero crush? Gotta go. Girl talk. We have to deal with real-life issues just like you. I mean, how does Spider-Man pee when he's wearing a Spidey onesie? It rides up in the crotch a little bit, too. Does Aquaman talk to fish before he eats them? What is the Hulk's critical review of Wonder Woman 84? And most confounding of all. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. How does a guy like me, with no superpowers, get through the week without getting killed every other day? All will be revealed when Superhero Diaries takes off on February 9th. Subscribe now, true believers! Another day in the city. Another police siren. Making his neighborhood rounds, the hero Black Lightning decides that he may as well investigate. What's it gonna be this time? Bank heist? Car crash? Cat stuck in a tree? Arriving on scene, Black Lightning is shocked to see utter madness and mayhem before him as the Green Goblin, Norman Osborn, is flying his goblin glider all around a very populated city center, dropping pumpkin bombs at random on the crowd. Sensing that every second that passes, another life could be saved, Black Lightning wastes no time and leaps headfirst into action. It's the Secretary of Education versus the CEO of Oscorp. It's the power of electricity versus the power of madness. It's Black Lightning versus Green Goblin today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic book, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stekanis. You know, Ray, today we have a battle matching two characters that, dare I say it, if they lived in the same comic book universe, I have a funny feeling they would be each other's arch nemesis. We have Green Goblin, the iconic main villain of Spider-Man, versus Black Lightning. You know, someone in my opinion who's one of DC Comics' most underestimated superheroes. So, of course, I did the patented who would win Google test, right? You've heard of Google before. It's something the masses are using. It's a big and number. I did a qu- 
It's a big number. I did a quick search on this, and oddly enough, lo and behold, yet again, actually, there's some people talking about it. There are a few people who've actually mentioned this battle over the years, but no one did it the way that we can. So with that being said, Ray, give me your thoughts on today's matchup. Today's matchup is real, real interesting. This is one that took a little while to come together uh, in the boardroom, as we like to say. And it's crazy because we start out at one point and it feels like, great, these two are very evenly matched. And then you start learning about one of the characters and you're like, oh, that character is very powerful. But then you learn about the other character. And you're like, oh, never mind. Both characters are actually much more powerful than I ever first imagined. James, unless you failed your homework this time, this battle's going to ramp up pretty heavy. Yeah, no, I did a lot of research into this battle. I know you did as well. On the surface, you know, you think, hey, Green Goblin, Glider, whatever, Black Lightning. Lightning. Yeah, there's a lot more. There are layers to a each lot. of these characters. A lot. a lot. And and it's kind of funny because we both came in uh, maybe a little more confident than we should be in each other's sides, which will make for a very interesting battle. By the way, speaking of interesting, I, I like to reach out to the masses through, you know, something known as social media. Ray, I know you like to do the same thing. Oh, sure. And, uh, you know, one of the most frequent questions that I get, I'm not sure if you do as well, from all the people listening, they always say, hey, how can I be a judge on the Who Would Win show? What, what do I have to do? Who do I have have to kill whatever it is you know and and i don't know if you get the same amount of requests but i've kind of come up with some thoughts about you know what it would take so before i kind of reveal that ray what would you say are your top three qualifications for someone to be a who would win judge wow top three qualifications to be who would win judge it's really the top three qualifications to be president right you have to be very fair-minded you have to have a good rational mind and you have to be exceedingly famous So uh, if you are not exceedingly famous, you're probably not going to be a judge on the who would win show guy with 38 followers on Twitter. If you can't get to 50 followers, you're probably not going to get us to 50 listens. This Uh, is harsh truth, James (laughs) Gafsey. I I like how Ray like says what we're all thinking. No, it's true. You know, having some notoriety is actually a very, very good thing. We'd love it that if you could reveal our show to your audience as well. I actually, I agree with you, Ray. Oddly enough, this is one of those times where I do agree with you. I've got three things of my own. You know, you definitely have to be a fan of geek culture, right? You can't come in here not knowing at least something about one of the fandoms or, you know, the movies, films or what have you. The other big thing is I I kind of prefer you to not to have any felonies, misdemeanors or outstanding, outstanding, you know, warrants from the Ukraine. That's a country that we take very seriously. Uh, Big extradition treaty with Ukraine. Yeah, absolutely. If you have any of those things for the United States, that's absolutely fine. We've actually entrapped three judges who had problems with Ukraine before when we were doing our live shows. That's true. That's true. Dimitri still sends me letters, by the way. Get him out of the country. That's what I say. (laughs) Cool. Now, the the biggest thing to become a judge for the Who Would Win show, uh, and this is important, it's bribery. Yep, I'm not no, going to lie. So. It's bribery. Yep. It, it, that's what it is. We accept lots of money. We accept big ticket items. Ray, I know it would take millions upon millions of dollars to bribe me. But what about you? What would it take to bribe you for someone to come onto the show as a judge? A really decent bowl of soup would probably be enough. I like how you aim high. Okay, so if you're a fan of the show and you like soup, <laughs> you can send soup to Ray. Or if you have millions of dollars that you want to send to me. Soup uh, in the mail we'll- doesn't work, James. Don't put that in people's minds. That's fair. Trust me. Uh, well, it could be powdered. It gets all wet. It does. It doesn't get mashed up. So if you have either powdered soup or a soup gift certificate or millions of dollars, feel free to send that care of the Who Would Win show. And maybe someday you'll get to be a judge as well. Maybe. We'll see. Now, speaking of someone who can't be bribed because we've tried before, it's time to introduce our guest judge. Coming back for another episode of Who Would Win, 
It's Nikki the Robot, the host of Tuned In on Nickelodeon. It's Bait from the Baby Shark Show on Nick Jr. And the audiobook narrator of the newly released book Gold Diggers from Sanjana Satyan. It's Rama Valuri. Rama, thank you so much for coming back onto the show. Thank you both for having me back on the show. It's been a while. It's been a while. You've been extremely busy. You've been up to lots and lots of stuff. For those who are uninitiated, tell us all about all the shows that you're doing and, and just fill us in on, on you. Well, a lot of the shows I'm working on, I can't talk about thanks to those wonderful non-disclosure agreements that are ironclad and a team of blue-haired lawyers from The Simpsons would come after me if I mentioned them. But I am a voice actor, comedian, actor, and writer, formerly with the Second City out here in L.A., and now I'm on a bunch of different animated projects and podcasts and video games and uh, host a TV show on Nickelodeon. So a lot has been going on since I was on Who Would Win, and I directly credit my appearance on Who Would Win for now becoming adequately notable instead of being wildly famous. So I can still do the show and <laughs> remain humble. Thanks. That's what we try to do with our guest judges. We either try to take them up or bring them down. You know, it's totally up to our fan base. Um, only if you mess with Ukraine, James. I, it's yeah, only, only three times and they were live shows. We, we don't need to talk about this anymore. We don't. We can. I would we actually never, did sign an NDA. I would never mess with the Ukraine. I have too much respect for Eastern Europe. As, as we all do. Rama, you know, we were talking about the top three things that people need to have to be a judge on the Who Would Win show. And here you are returning yet again. Quick question for you. I, I was joking that you couldn't be bribed. I don't know that for a fact. I know you're a person of high moral character. But what would it take to actually bribe you as a judge? It's nearly impossible because I don't know if anyone has a direct line of communication to this person. But if anyone could get a personalized video for me from one Khosro Vaiziri, also known as the Iron Sheik, cutting a promo on me, then you could adequately bribe me. But that would require you getting a hold of the Iron Sheik and getting him to do something for you, which, if anyone knows anything about the Iron Sheik, that is nearly impossible. But if you could do that, then you could probably bribe me. Is he on Cameo? He is not on Cameo. And if you go Cameo. look for his website, it's... Kind of like the old Space Jam website that only recently got taken down. It's impossible to navigate and hard to understand. But one day, one day someone will run into the Iron Sheik and get him to shout all kinds of obscenities at me. And that will be the greatest day of my life. You know, Ray and I, Ray and I are capable of doing the impossible. But that's beyond the impossible. The Iron Sheik... Getting him to do a promo. Like, what kind of promo are we talking about here? Is he like, you know, doing yeah. the whole thing? Like, I want really? him to do the entire, <laughs> his entire bit with Nikolai Volkov. I want all of it. I I want him to threaten to make me humble, put me in the camel clutch. He could equate me with Hulk Hogan or be Brian Blair. Anyone who he hates, as long as he puts me in that company and threatens me, at the end, he can be nice to me, but if he threatens me at the front end, this would be everything in the world, because unfortunately, you can't get that from Bobby Heenan. I can't get Bobby Heenan to, to call me a weasel or anything, because he's, he's up at that great wrestling match in the sky, but the Iron Sheik is around, and if he called me a jabroni who he had to make humble, then that could be the greatest day of my life. Yeah, that's life goals right there. Right I mean, there. that's that's, you know, there's like, you know, living on Mars. 
developing, like, you know, discovering like the next multi billion dollar software company and then having the Iron Sheik run a promo on you. By the way, the character who does him, the actor who plays him on The Young Rock, I think he's doing a great job. Mm -hmm. And as a side note, the very first time, you know, I never knew the power of the camel clutch until I had someone, because I was an idiot, put me into one for real. It's real. It's a thing. It's bad. I'm the youngest of three brothers. I've been put in every wrestling move (laughs) under the sun, not only by my two older brothers, but by their friends. And the camel clutch is one of my least favorite, and I still feel the pain in my back when I think about it. One guy put me in a tombstone when I was, I think, seven, and he missed the mattress, and my head went straight into the ground. Like, this is why they say, don't do these things at home. Turns out I was fine, and then beat him up. And he's five years older than me. But the camel clutch, that is an unforgiving move. And if someone like the Sheik were to put that on you, if Sheiky Baby puts you in that that camel clutch, you're not getting out of that. You're not getting out of that. The camel clutch was a big mistake. Also, the uh, torture rack. Mm-hmm. where you get put across someone's shoulders. Oh, what yeah. I found out is that was horrible, but it was actually the fall on the way down that you didn't expect when they let go of you. Mm-hmm. That's also equally bad when you hit the ground that hard. Lots of fun with pro wrestling moves. Kids, don't do this at home. Race to Canis, I think you can talk to this very well. Having been somebody who's been on the both giving and receiving ends of both of those moves on multiple, multiple occasions, try real hard to avoid that in your day-to-day life. I think that's some uh, life advice that we could all take. Now, speaking of life advice, it's about that time. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Marvel Comics, the supervillain who climbs every mountain, fords every stream, crosses every bridge, and yet still finds time to throw Gwen Stacy off of it, the Green Goblin. And representing DC Comics, the hero who's terrible at bowling because he never strikes in the same place twice. Black Lightning. Wasn't he like an Olympic gold medalist? Like uh, he was a decathlete, yes. Uh, yeah, so, but, but, but bowling escapes But bowling, him. you can't strike the same place twice, you know? Wow, that's it's a hard sport. It's, it's a hard sport. Well done, right Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Now, Ray, what version of the Green Goblin will you be using today. So if we're using the comic book version of Norman Osborn, that is the version of the Green Goblin that I'll be using. Just think of yourself, what has Norman Osborn done in regards to the Green Goblin? That is where I'll be taking this match. Interesting. Okay, I'll also, I'm just going to cut to the chase. I'm using the comic book version of Black Lightning. Of course you are. Uh, of course, that person, that character has been extremely powered up. Definitely have to go with that one. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. And rule number five, the winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. And finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can and disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. Now, feel free to check out the official rules on our website, hoodwinshow.com. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Hoodwin store. Get your official Hoodwin t-shirts, mugs, and merchandise by going to hoodwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section. Remember to keep an eye out for new shirts all the time. You can get a great Ray is Right shirt, or you can get the brand new hashtag intoxicating mindfog shirt from James Gavsey, or you can get mugs or whatever merchandise you want. Just buy stuff is what I'm trying to say. Go to our store, buy everything you can
We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And now, let's get the tale of tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details on the Green Goblin. The Green Goblin is a Halloween-themed supervillain who is the archenemy of one Spider-Man. He was created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko and first appeared in The Amazing Spider-Man number 14 back in 1964. Norman Osborn is the head of Oscorp, a large corporation that lends him much power in the city. Through Oscorp experiments, Norman found himself imbued with the Goblin Serum, which increased his physical and mental attributes, but also rendered him completely insane. Turning his attention to Spider-Man, Osborn reinvented himself as the glider-riding Green Goblin. Using his abilities to figure out the true identity of Spider-Man, the Green Goblin made it his life's mission to make Peter Parker's life as terrible as possible, killing his girlfriend Gwen Stacy, spoiler alert, and doing any number of physical and psychological attacks that he could think of. Fun fact. The Green Goblin as Norman Osborn is well known by now, but in his original incarnation, the Green Goblin was meant to be a mythological demon unearthed from an Egyptian sarcophagus. Yes, the original notion for this character saw him as a demon spirit, but artist Steve Ditko went above everyone's head and changed the idea to just being a guy in a costume who really hated Spider-Man a lot. And what came forth was a much more personal story to be told, so... Good job, Steve Ditko, and take that, the mummy. That is the Green Goblin. <laughs> I like sometimes simple is better, right? Yeah. 
It just seems yeah. to work. I mean, look, any, most of Spider-Man's villains at the end of the day have a very personal connection to Spider-Man, many of them in a certain way. So the idea of just taking this demon spirit who had no skin in the game whatsoever just doesn't make as much sense as being, you know, the father of his best friend who went crazy. Like, that's way cooler of a story to tell. I've always thought that, like, Aunt May would be a great Spider-Man villain. As well, because she's really, per- you know, I'm just pitching ideas here. I don't know. All right. Now, here are the details for Black Lightning. Now, created by Trevor Von Eden and Tony Isabella, Black Lightning first appeared in Black Lightning number one back in April of 1977. Jefferson Pierce, a.k.a. Black Lightning, grew up in suicide slum, the poorest part of Metropolis. And at an early age, his father was shot in a mob hit. Through perseverance and dedication, Jefferson not only succeeded in school, but also athletics. By the age of 18, he had won three Olympic gold medals. Turning his life towards civil service, he became a teacher teacher and principal focusing on bringing failing school districts back to success. In conjunction with helping in his role as an educator, Pierce also donned the name Black Lightning and fought crime to combat the issues he faced at school and in the suicide slum at their roots. Using his electricity-based superpowers, Jefferson Pierce would continue to fight injustice both in Metropolis and around the world, both solo and as a key member of the Outsiders and the Justice League. And here's an interesting fact about Black Lightning. Did you know that Black Lightning made his first appearance in an animated series during the late 1970s? It's true sort of. For those who don't know, there's a character in the iconic Super Friends show that had a lot of similar powers to Black Lightning called, wait for it, Black Vulcan. Now, of course, Black Vulcan was based off of the character of Black Lightning, but fans want to know why the name and slight costume changed. Well, it turns out that Black Lightning creator Tony Isabella didn't want to give the rights to Hanna-Barbera, the production company behind the Super uh, Super Friends. Black Vulcan would be a regular on the Super Friends cartoon until the last season where he was, for some reason, replaced by Cyborg. Because I guess having two superheroes who were black wasn't possible for them in the 80s. Ugh. And that was the Super Friends. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Rama, do you have any questions before we get started? I don't think I have any questions. Those were very clear descriptions of each one. I'm really thinking about Aunt May as a Spider-Man villain right now, though. That is a Kinda very works. intriguing idea. She has a lot it to works. be angry about there. Doesn't she? I mean, it's crazy. Okay, with that being said, Ray, go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for the Green Goblin. Now, I just want to talk about how the Goblin Serum imbued him with Spider-Man level powers because Spider-Man, as we all know in the Marvel Universe, is a very, very powerful character, right? He is able to fight all kinds of villains at the same time, fights villains of all different power levels. And while he's not quite like a Thor level, you know, he's not quite on that highest level uh, echelon of character, As far as street level goes, or even upper street level, Spider-Man cleans them all out on a regular basis all the time. Well, Green Goblin starts at this point. Norman Osborn injected himself with the Green Goblin serum, and so he allowed his strength to be super, super enhanced. So now he's able to overpower a character like Spider-Man, who, as I just said, can take out basically anybody at a certain level uh, who isn't like a godlike figure. He could absolutely overpower Spider-Man whenever the heck he wants to. Deadpool. He fought Deadpool. He defeated Deadpool over and over again. Deadpool has this great ability to keep coming back, but that just lets Green Goblin punish him more and more and more and consistently overpowered the Merc with the mouth. Let's talk about speed for just a moment, though, because he's able to dodge out of the way from Spider-Man. Now, Spider-Man moves exceptionally fast. Not only is he strong, but he's fast as well. Whether he's on the Goblin Glider or whether he's just standing, he's able to dodge whenever Spider-Man throws something at 
at him whenever Spider-Man tries to shoot a web at him. He usually has enough speed in order to get out of the way of that, as well as being able to tackle Spider-Man, punch Spider-Man, beat up Spider-Man whenever he wants to, and Spider-Man can react and move very, very quickly as well. So the level of speed he would need to do that already has to be well above a human level and durability. One of my most wild things I saw in this was he was fighting with Spider-Man around a helicopter and they both fell from the helicopter. Spider-Man grabbed the Green Goblin's body. Well, it was Norman Osborn, but you get the idea. It's the same dude. And then dropped all the way into the cement, crashing into the cement, creating a giant like gash in the cement. And Norman Osborn was totally fine afterwards. So the ability to take bullets, he's been able to take bullets as well. Handgun shots to the chest. No problem. He's able to walk it off. He took an entire bag of his own pumpkin bombs, which we'll get to in my point number two, but those are very powerful explosives. And he was able to walk away from that as well. So the durability is extremely potent for Green Goblin as well. This guy could take a beating and keep on coming back for more without really a whole lot of downtime needed. And the last thing that got enhanced with the Goblin Goblin Serum is his intellect. Look, Norman Osborn was already a genius CEO. He was kind of a scientist in his own mind, uh, but he was, you know, he's running this company and having a good time with it. Rich, famous. He really didn't need to be a supervillain, I guess is what I'm trying to say, but he decided to be anyway because his intellect went up through the roof. He was able to discover Peter Parker's secret identity like multiple times. <laughs> And he just keeps coming up with plans on the, on the fly in order to follow Peter Parker to wherever he's going or do it. And eventually he gets his mind wiped in many of these storylines and forgets that he's the Green Goblin and then finds out that he's the Green Goblin again. It reawakens and then he refinds out again who Peter Parker is as Spider-Man. It's just you can't stop him from eventually fulfilling his purpose. And his purpose is to eventually become the Green Goblin, find out who Peter Parker is and make his life a living heck. So you combine strength, speed, agility, endurance, durability with a high caliber intellect, much higher than, you know, I hate to say it, Black Lightning, who is not known as being a super genius near as I could tell. You got a package that's going to start at a really good place. And that's my point. Number one. OK, this is interesting because his physicals, I read that about him as well as Green Goblin, match a lot of Spider-Man's physicals or even slightly exceed them. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, so the question I have is, so I'm following so far, is the gro the goblin suit, does that give him even more durability or is that just more of a covering because he already is very durable? No, it does. It, 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 many things with the suit uh, enhance his abilities even more. Uh, it does provide him a certain level of armor and I know for a fact that his helmet, the hood that he wears with the green goblin head, also works as a gas mask, which is how he's allowed to get away with a lot of the gadgets that he uses. Got it. Okay, so he does have that as his layer of protection, but it's mostly him, if I'm reading this correctly. He starts at a very high-level enhanced human being, and then the suit just helps take it further. Got it. And then the, the goblin serum that he took enhanced his intelligence. Did it also enhance his madness? Yes. Oh, by far. He became, he was like, he maybe was a little bit unhinged before, but he goes straight to Cooktown uh, after taking that serum. Got it. So all of the issues he has, that also gets magnified as well. Yes, it, it, it take, it's much like the Super Soldier Serum as we're learning in the Falcon and Winter Soldier show. It just takes who you are and makes it that much bigger. Got it. Okay, very cool, very cool. Yeah, the, the Goblin just starting off is really a powerful opponent. And then when people kind of put in his genius intellect into it, that's when it really starts to ramp up. So, okay, well, well played on your the part. Thing, that's the thing to keep in mind is he was originally conceived as this otherworldly demon. So that's where his power set, power set started. Understood. Okay. 
Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So, and that's his base level. Okay. I got my work cut out for me. This is good. All right. Let me start off with my point number one. Let's just go over Black Lightning's powers. He has the power of electrokinesis, which means he can generate raw electricity to course through his body. Uh, and, and the cool thing about him is that he's learned how to manipulate this in a lot of different ways. So everyone thinks, you know, that Black Lightning is someone who can just shoot out some form of lightning from his hands or emanate from his body. That's like saying a shark can swim in the ocean pretty well. You'd be right, but you'd be really, really under, underestimating what the shark, or in this case, black lightning can do. So uh, this is a really kind of interesting thing. I'd say right now in DC Comics, in present DC Comics universe, he's top 50, maybe top 40 of the most powerful beings, at least on the planet Earth within the DC universe. It's going to get ridiculous where we start with this. So let's talk about his powers. His lightning first. That's the electroblast, and that's the ability to generate and fire electrical energy at an opponent. And black lightning can do that in the form of like an energy blast from his hands, through arcs, or discharge electrical blast from his entire body uh, through his eyes through like a, a just a blast through his body so it just goes everywhere in a radius around him but he's got a lot more than just that so he's also super strong and he somehow can manipulate the electrical energy and manipulate the cell structure within his body to give him really vast amounts of super strength he can lift up cars and throw them very very easily he's superhumanly fast just his physical being is fast where he needs to move I'd say at least at the same class as Green Goblin and when he applies his electrical powers to his body he can move actually way way faster more on that later. He's got super fast reflexes. He sees things at super speed, which means things look like they're moving in slow motion to him, which gives him enough time to dodge gunfire, energy blasts, and most attacks. It's like Captain America. He made this hilarious statement where he says, I just see things faster than everyone else and I can process that information and react to it better that's what uh, Black Lightning has in a different form if he focuses his power properly he can move as fast as lightning on the ground which is 280 million meters per second that's not exactly flash speed but it would allow him to hit someone really really hard you know Ray like similar to an infinite mass punch speaking of hard hits Black Lightning's durability is also superhuman he was able to stand still and let that uh, let a car smash into him at high speed and the only thing that happened was he was fine the car got decimated and split in two. He can teleport by turning into electrical energy and move along power conduits to get around. So he appears in one spot. Anything is a power conduit to him, and he can appear instantly anywhere he wants, at least within the city, possibly around the country, even possibly around the world. He can manipulate electrical magnetic energy, and he can create a magnetic field around himself, like a force field. And with this force field, not only can he create a force field around himself that's strong enough to take punches from Superman, nuclear explosions, it's kind of ridiculous. He also uses that almost like Magneto. So he puts a field around large objects and can levitate them in the air. It almost looks like telekinesis. He can move people. He can trap people in the air within this, these force fields. It's kind of a crazy thing. Let's see. He can levitate a speeding car and then split it in half with his uh, magnetic fields. He can also use his powers to heal the cells in his body. So now he has a healing factor on top of everything else. This is fun. He can read and control the bioenergy within humans, which means he can make their heart stop, cause electrical impulses that go through through the body to stop or to overload, cause muscles to contract uncontrollably, or even the op- opposite. He was able to use this power to jumpstart Superman's heart to save him when it stopped beating. He's so powerful he can actually control the cells of others who are either up close or vast distances from him because he can read their bioenergy from wherever he is. And just like Ray Sicanus, Black Lightning is also an energy suck, which means he can take and absorb energy from anywhere and power himself with it. And this is something that you know he can take from the planet Earth as well. He can actually take energy from planet earth and never run out of power he can hack in any circuits controlling a machine vehicle you see where i'm going with this black lightning is kind of ridiculously powered at this point 
He can take over any machines he wants by hacking in some computers, cars, whatever. And if that wasn't even enough, he can actually fly now. He can charge himself electrical energy so that he actually can float in the air and then travel along electric currents. So it looks like he's flying like Black Vulcan did in the Super Friends. This is the hero that Green Goblin's facing. And I haven't even gotten to the really good parts of Black Lightning yet. That's my point number one. I am surprised, James, that you started with basically your point number three at point number one. You must not have much else to say about this character because you just spent 38 minutes reflecting on all of Black Lightning's powers that he's shown in, what, the last two and a half years? This is a character that's been around for about 40-plus years. And James Gavsey, of course, being James Gavsey, doesn't want to even talk about where the character came from. He only wants to get right to the kill shot, which is strange because Black Lightning has never taken a life. Black Lightning sees life as being uh, pristine and refuses to use his powers to the highest extent in order to take, because he will refuse to take a life. So James, some of these things are great. Some of the possibilities of it are great, but he's never actually done them. You're talking about what he could do, not what he has done. Infinite mass punch would kill somebody. He's never done it, James. So a lot of nonsense coming from you right here. Remember, most importantly, stay within the character of the person Uh. that you are repping. Just like the Green Goblin, Ray is kind of revealing the, his insanity. So everything I've mentioned, all of these powers are things he's done within the past 10 to 15 years of the character. This is all documented stuff that Black Lightning has done. He has used very high-powered techniques against super-powered beings, Kryptonians, Superman, Wonder Woman, Amazon, what have you. So he doesn't like killing people. You're right. He has, and he hates himself for it, but he will cross the line if he needs to. But with that being said... I would also just like to point out that the last year of Black Lightning stories also took place in the last 10 to 15 years as well, before you let James start weaseling his way around here. (laughs) Speaking of Bobby Heenan. That's right. Rama, so you've heard points for one from Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle? So there's a lot of information to process there, and I know that, Ray, you're focusing on a lot of developments in the Black Lightning character that have happened recently, as opposed to what started in the 1970s. And fundamentally, there is a lot that happens with Green Goblin that is just linked to insanity and linked to his willingness to destroy individuals, destroy himself, destroy his family at the expense of being J. Jonah Jameson on a glider throwing pumpkins effectively. Because he's got to get that Spider-Man. Got to get, him, get him, him off of the street. <laughs> he has a singular motivation, which is to ruin Peter Parker, Spider-Man's life. And he's got a ton of money. So... Already I'm thinking of, I don't know, Jeff Bezos with a better outfit or Elon <laughs> Musk if he tried. Maybe this is what Warren Buffett does on a Saturday night. I don't know. So there's already a lot of insanity and stigma associated with the Green Goblin. If he's as fun as Willem Dafoe, there's a lot there. But there's so much information to unpack there with him where unlocked by the serum, he's already he's already a genius in intellect, but he becomes smarter, he becomes faster, he is incredibly durable, he is at Spider-Man level, and he is willing to push things to that next extreme to get what he wants. But the recurring thing of what he wants keeps coming back to, he wants to catch Peter Parker, he wants to catch Spider-Man, and over the course of, what, 50 years, he hasn't successfully done it as often as you would like. Whereas the more I learned about Black Lightning, it was, hey, this is really cool. We're starting from a a space of that static shock kind of character of here's someone who can control control energy, can shoot lightning, he can uh, have blasts and whole 
whole body maneuvers, but then you go further and the minutiae that, that James is pointing out of manipulating cells, he can see things in super speed, he has that durability, he can teleport, he has a healing factor, he can read and control bioenergy. As he said, like Race to Canis, he is an energy suck. He can control any machine. He can fly. If the one downside to him is that he refuses to kill, you pointed out when we were talking about the rules, this isn't a battle to determine who is going to murder who. You could have someone be killed by the end of this battle, but they could also be incapacitated. They could also force a submission. And on balance, the amount of information that James provided, which seemed to scare you as I looked at you when you said he's going for the kill shot in round one, Really, the amount of abilities and the amount of information that James provided there, I got to lean towards Black Lightning on this opening round. But very compelling cases on on both sides. Norman Osborn is unpredictable in so many ways, and he's got those pumpkins, so he's willing to push it to the extreme. It It is far, as you were saying at the beginning, on paper going in, it's hard to consider them on face value of they're at an equal level, but already you both have established they are on pretty solid footing with each other to start it out. There are just these newer things with Black Lightning that give him a slighter edge. And I think mind. that's where you probably should be right now in the battle. Now, the reason I was looking a little bit shocked, uh, pardon the pun, is for two reasons. <laughs> One is because James put all of the best points he could possibly put packed right at the front of his battle, which means that he's hoping to deliver a round one knockout and feed you garbage and weird things that don't... Talk about an MMA fighter for his third point, which has nothing to do with the battle itself, if I know James, <laughs> and just hoping to just ride that all the way to victory. Uh, I don't know that that's this. Oh, the other thing was because James took uh, roughly 92 hours to tell his first point as we sit here. And I was feeling my hair going gray and falling out as I was listening to point after point. So don't mistake it that I was uh, uh, impressed by the powers. I know the high level capacity for Black Lightning. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's what Black Lightning would do in a battle against a first time opponent. He doesn't know. Well, when to we that had- point that we don't know. You, everything that you said about Green Goblin, we can't say that he will do all of that in the first fight against Black Lightning. There might be a feeling out process in this first round. Uh, if James is going for that Conor McGregor knockout punch in the first round, he set a pretty good bar for that to potentially happen. So that means that the onus is on you, Ray, mm-hmm. to pull the round two, round three comeback. Boy, looks like I've got my work cut out for me. You know, here, here's the thing. When we, what you guys may not be aware of, is that when we announced this battle, I got inundated with the so many people who are monster fans of Black Lightning, and they said, "Don't forget, he can do this, and don't forget, he's able to do this." And every time I got one, and by the way, there was a lot of stuff that just wasn't true that I was told, but of the stuff that was true, I had to research it and do put extra work into this. I'm like, wait, well, so I discovered all this stuff thanks to the fan base. So I definitely want to do some service to that fan base as well, and not leave out the pertinent things. But, you know, again, I have a strategy with this uh, with this debate today, which will James, all be revealed. we love the fans of Who Would Win, but we can't name each one individually every episode. Okay. Go ahead and hit us with your point number two. 
Point number two for the Green Goblin. Now let's talk a little bit about the gear that he brings to the table because Black Lightning is sort of a guy who does electrical stuff, right? I, I, did, I just found out that he could fly, apparently. That's exciting in news. All I know is that he shoots electric blasts at people. Let's face it, when you look at the entire history of Black Lightning, he's a guy who shoots electric blasts. He is essentially Electro, the Spider-Man villain, a guy that Green Goblin would know extremely well. And he has a very similar skill set uh, at least in initially, if we only going to talk about the last six weeks of Black Lightning comics, then sure, James, uh, you do you. You have the one has to sleep at night. Now, he's, he knows who Electro is. He knows who electrical-based characters are. It's not like electricity is going to be a problem for a guy who's a genius at science. One of the things that Norman Osborn knows extremely well is science. So he understands how electricity works. He understands how he could potentially maneuver himself, which areas to go to or fly in the city, which could... I, I look, I, he's smarter than I am. There's got to be things that Norman Osborn could figure out about his environment during the battle, which would allow him to deal on a much more even one to one basis with an electrical based opponent. Now, I don't know what that is, whether it's a water plant, whether it's something to that effect that he could figure out to defeat the man. Norman Osborne could figure it out. Ray could not. But the gear is what I really want to talk about here because he does have the uh, goblin blaster, which is going to do no good here. So he's going to shoot him once, see it does nothing, and then ignore it because he's super smart. But he's also got his pumpkin bombs. Look, explosive blasts will hurt anybody. Explosive blasts will, will at least knock things around, put people in peril. Let's face it, Green Goblin is going to put a lot of people in peril in this. And I know that Black Lightning is a community protector, right? Black Lightning is a guy who wants to do good in the community and actually got depowered at one point because an innocent person died and he couldn't save them. Think about that. Psychologically, in the storylines, Black Lightning psychosomatically lost his powers because an innocent person died. Who's to say that Norman Osborn, being a psychopath, absolutely murdering innocent people around him, couldn't also depower Black Lightning in the same way? But let's face it, Green Goblin's also got his glider, which does allow him to fly at extremely high speed with extreme agility. But he can also use the glider independently of himself with just the power of his mind. So you could actually fly the glider at Black Lightning while doing other things and putting other people in peril somewhere else. But he's also got the big items that I really think could matter in a battle against a Black Lightning character. Because yes, I think when it comes to just a full-on beatdown... It's unlikely that uh, Norman Osborn is going to be able to beat down Black Lightning. Black Lightning just has too much on his side with his uh, re regenerative abilities to do so. But things like smoke bombs could confuse him. He's got a hallucinogenic gas, which he has used on Spider-Man, that he does have a pretty often amount of time, which actually caused him to live in a nightmare world and not be sure of what's real and what's imagined. And the idea that he could use something like this on a Black Lightning, who at the end of the day is a metahuman, but he is still a human being. And so hallucinogenic gas is something that I think Green Goblin, Norman Osborn could use very, very well in his favor to confuse, to make drowsy, to pretty much make beatable this character Black Lightning. And the last one is something called the Goblin Surprise, which actually sucks the air out of the area around you. So it looks like a little ghost bomb that he later would use with the homing abilities. And one by itself was able to contain the Human Torch. And Human Torch was going to get extinguished because all the air was getting sucked out. Again, one thing I know about metahumans is they do often need to breathe at the end of the day. So what I would say here is Norman Osborn likes to walk around with a lot of gadgets that he could figure out with his supreme intellect on how to beat a character like Black Lightning. And that's my point number two. 
Look, again, here's the thing with Norman Osborn, Green Goblin, whomever you want to call it, that person, I agree with you, has such a breadth of experience fighting against every type of superhero and supervillain as well. He's definitely going to be bringing a lot of experience to the table. And I do agree that his ability to analyze a situation is pretty good as well, to analyze it quickly. I will say this. One of the things about Black Lightning, you can't mind control him. Hallucinogenetics, I don't think it would, would work, simply because the way his he's got control over his cells, if anything happens to his body, he just resets them or can expel some. It's kind of this weird thing he's got. That's something that was established about 10 years ago. But Smoke Bomb's interesting. Yeah, it, there's a lot of good things about Black Lightning. So with that being said, I do agree. What, what, what is intriguing to me is that the glider can act uh, under its control, but almost independently as another opponent. And since that's part of Green Goblin's accoutrement, so you will, that could be an interesting play right Much there. Much like Serpentor and his golden chariot. There you go. Or uh, Brave Star and his uh, no, not robotic horse. Like Unlike uh, that. <laughs> so, okay, let me get to my point number two, because this is going to explain quite a bit. I'm actually going to take a step back and talk about the man behind the mask. So, you know, when you break down uh, Black Lightning and the man Jefferson Pierce, what do you have? You've got, I mentioned before, it's either a three or four time Olympic gold medalist as a decathlon. He's excellent at every sport you can think of. You do have someone, he does have a genius IQ, which means he can quickly figure out solutions to problems. Now, I will give this right away. I don't think he's as high of an IQ as Norman Osborne. I will say that, but it is extremely high level. I do think it's stated as genius, but he does have an exceptionally high EQ, which means he can quickly figure out what people are thinking and he knows exactly what to do about it. That's going to be crucial in this matchup. So you have someone with tremendous willpower and drive to overcome adversity the way he had to face it. Superman has commented a number of times about how strong his will is, how strong his character, how unfazed he is in in front of danger and how he's just all together all the time. And you do have someone with a strict moral code and, you know, has a lot of adversity to against killing someone. He did accidentally kill someone, so we thought. He found out that wasn't the case but since then, he's figured out how to deal with it, and he has a line. He says, if you make me cross the line and I have to kill you, I'll do it. I won't be happy with it, but now I know why I will do that if I have to. He's pretty much a superhero before he ever put on the Black Lightning costume. If you just added everything up, he's there. Now, he didn't have a mentor for his powers, right? He's a mentor for Static Shock and certain storylines. He didn't have a mentor himself. So all these crazy powers I mentioned before, he had to figure it out. And he didn't figure them out, by the way, by jumping high, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, wait, I'm staying up in the air. No, no, no. He had to figure out how to apply the electrokinesis and his control over electromagnetism and say, well, wait, if I can do this, I should be able to manipulate that. He developed his powers. They didn't just appear. He had to figure out how to use what he had, and then he developed his powers on, on his own. Again, kind of a statement to his genius. Sometimes, one of my favorite examples of him using you know, his EQ with his powers, he was fighting an evil Kryptonian, you know, a Superman-style Kryptonian. That person flew right at him. He's like, I better figure this out. He used his his electromagnetic powers to figure out, oh, wait, he's absorbing certain types of energy, but there's certain types that aren't being absorbed by him. Oh, wait a minute. I'll go to, I'll hit him with lightning that mimics the type that he's not absorbing and just happened to be the type of like a red sun. So all of a sudden he depowered a Kryptonian like that. He figured that out on the fly. That's where his mind's at. That's how he knows how to control his powers. So there's another big part of this when you put it all together. When you have someone with a high EQ, And they're facing off with someone with kind of this really weird insanity going about them. It's not that hard to start manipulating the person with the insanity if you can figure them out. So, Ray, I have a question for you. Have you ever truly lost a who would win match? No. Never in my life. There was one I thought maybe I did, but I went back and re-listened to it again and turned out I was wrong. That was the one time hashtag Ray was wrong. 
And who who was it that really was at fault here? Was it the oh. judge? Was it me? Who who lost the match for you? It's always the judge. What are you talking about? Got it. Okay, so this is what I'm talking about. Just like Ray Sicanis, Green Goblin, Norman Osborn, they have the psychological issue where they've never felt they've lost. If something ever goes wrong, it's not their plan. It's not them. It's someone else. And that's when things fall apart for them. That's when they. T- that's when he tends to lose. So all of a sudden, he's fighting this opponent who's got these extreme powers, who who can kind of figure him out and start shutting him down. By the way, he doesn't have anything against Black Lightning because it's a random encounter, but okay, he's fighting him. And all of a sudden, he's starting to lose. That's when the enhanced insanity Sandy comes in, he's got a track record of saying, oh, this isn't working, I'm out. I'm going to leave because it's not my fault. Someone else screwed up, whatever. That insanity is going to come and play. And that insanity is something that Black Lightning with his high EQ is going to be able to take advantage of. And that's my point number two. Wow, James, breaking your own code. You talk about Black Lightning breaking his code of killing people, which he which he wouldn't do. You're breaking your own code of I'm never going to use the uh, running away argument ever again. Wow, James, you're really you're really trying for this one. I don't understand all these underhanded tactics, the straight out lies. I think you're still feeling good about lying last week and getting away with it. So you thought you'd try it again for size here. You are the villain of this show, and it drives me insane. Yes, I've never lost a matchup. Anyway, my point that I want to say here is you talk about EQ, and you can understand the mind of somebody understanding the mind of Norman Osborne that is like the Joker that is like a twisted mess of manipulation the second that Black Lightning thinks that he understands Norman Osborne means he's getting manipulated by Norman Osborne into being put into a position that he actually does not want to be in at all and we have a thing you said in wrestling and it says who trained you and if you say oh I trained myself the correct answer is, oh, so you are untrained. Black Lightning is untrained, which means that he does not have as high acumen of his powers as perhaps he could have if he had actually taken somebody, had somebody take him under his wing and 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 teach him a little bit. Well, here's the thing. So you're right. Just like Green Goblin, Black Lightning had to figure out all this stuff on his own, just like Green Goblin had to figure out all the technology. He has figured out and overtaken, you know, using just strategy. He did it to Luthor. He took out the Joker and did it to Ra's al Ghul in terms of mind games and figuring out the strategies on the fly and taking them out. When you can do Luthor, outthink Luthor, Joker, and Ra's al Ghul, you've already got that very high level of EQ where you can understand people mesh with his IQ. You're now at the turning point. Rama, where do you think this battle lies who do you think is winning this fight so far? And what does the other side have to do to pull out a victory? Well, right now, after hearing both sides and and points one and two, the biggest point to me that makes Black Lightning vulnerable to the Green Goblin is the idea of the Green Goblin having the glider working independently of him and the willingness to kill other people around him. The previous time that we that I was on Who Would Win, we established that the plane that they were fighting on was isolated. There was nobody else around, so that wasn't a risk. In this case, I don't know, presumably, where these two are fighting. I don't. Did, did we establish that at the beginning? I think we can assume it's like a city. Yeah, it's I was a, figuring it would right. be in like the it, center of New York City or something. I would find it hard to believe, yeah, these two would not be fighting anywhere but a big city. Right, okay. So with that being a consideration, there is that high moral code that Black Lightning has where if you send the glider or multiple gliders because he can release different parts of the glider to use as independent weapons and he's too busy monologizing and bothering black lightning while all of these neighbors are being murdered now you have a viable distraction this is something that cell manipulation can't overcome 
because he could overload technology. He can avoid the gases. He can do all of this. But when you go at someone who actually has a morality, a code, a soul, and you're targeting these innocent and vulnerable people, that can cause a little bit of a distraction. So that EQ that you're talking about, James, can be manipulated more than the baseline madness of the Green Goblin, where, to your point, if Black Lightning has beaten Luthor, you have that same genius level as as the Green Goblin. He's beaten the Joker. There's the insanity there that he's already contended with. And if he's beaten Ra's al Ghul, there is also that battlefield EQ where, yes, this is a person who can adjust to everything. If you combine all of those three, at which Ray seems to be doing with his description of Norman Osborn, it's that willingness to murder en masse everybody around. So even if, like Ray, he goes into a panic and starts blaming everybody, which Ray, there's a warning for you because you already <laughs> set up that you're going to blame me if you don't win this. If you're setting these traps up all around, then all he has to do is push that insanity button to start murdering everybody en masse. And now the focus is divided of, do I go after the Green Goblin right now head on and try and kill him now? Or do I try to save as many people as I can before I go and attack him? And that's the intriguing question for me. So this round is much closer than the first. The first round was very close, but this one... It's even closer, and I think that's where Ray has a point here that because of that high moral code where it is, if you push me to the point, I will kill you. I think what we have in round two right now is that the goblin is going to be pushing Black Lightning to the point where he may have to decide to kill him, but that is still a decision that has to be made. It isn't a snap thing of, oh yeah, I'm just going to... It's not like Deadpool is going to just go ram a sword through somebody right away. This is something he's going to have to think about for even a fraction of a second. And in this case, when you're talking about weapons agility and the willingness to kill, that fraction of a second could equal an entire apartment building. It could equal an entire row of police cars. So at that point, this is where Ray's insanity defense for both himself and his representing character does give him a little bit of an edge in round two. So to ultimately upend the order that we have now, because it is very, very close. Either, James, you deliver that knockout punch that you've been setting up, much like those John Jones elbows, if we want to use an MMA reference there. Well played. Or, Ray, you might need a run-in. <laughs> there might need We might need Hornswoggle under the ring. They, you might need Taker throwing his arm up just through through the canvas distracting enough of there are so many elements going on that now you've divided black lightning's attention enough that either the decision to kill has to be made or a decisive action has to be made because osborne as we've seen historically can always go a little bit crazier Mm-hmm. This is genius. Well spoken. This well is spoken. genius. This is why. This is why Revelry is so great because that is actually awesome. That I get it. I love that observation. And you're right. You're right. That is something that could be a huge distraction. However, we got to figure out how that would make it get him a win. But I, I love where you're going with that. Okay, Ray, this is really cool. This is why I love who would win. It could go either way now. Hit us with your point number three. Point number three for the Green Goblin. Norman Osborn is let's talk a little bit about some of the things he's done and some of the people he's been 
because one, he defeated Ben Riley, which is an alternate universe Spider-Man. He hit him with five goblin blasters and destroyed him. Like straight out destroyed him. Yeah, he's destroyed these characters because he's not afraid to kill anybody. In fact, he would prefer to kill people, but he would also like to humiliate them. He'd like to find out what they have and what they love and then take it away from them. So very, very quickly, he's going to see Black Lightning as a character of high EQ, high moral authority, and he is going to start lobbing pumpkin bombs into the crowd immediately immediately. He's not going to wait to have his glider go off and start trying to cut off heads of people and old ladies who are crossing the street because he sees that that's going to torment Black Lightning. He doesn't necessarily know it could depower him, which I think, Rama, uh, you maybe glossed over a little bit because that is a thing that has happened to Black Lightning in the past. But he's absolutely going to make use of those people in order to do it because he is not afraid to murder. In fact, he was be okay with murdering straight out everybody. But let's talk about the other two people that Norman Osborn has been because the Green Goblin is just the start of the Norman Osborn story because a little bit later on, he worked with a guy named uh, Tony Stark to become the Iron Patriot. Now, you might know the Iron Patriot from, what is it, uh, uh, Commander Rhodes from this current MCU. Well, what happened when Thor... Uh, Thor's hammer and Thor's lightning met with an Iron Man suit. It, in fact, powered it back up again. It didn't hurt it in any real good way. It, in fact, made it more powerful, went ahead and, 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 and made it back full strength again. So let's assume now, since, uh, let's say, James Gavsey wants to talk about only the last few years of Black Lightning and ignore 40 years before that, that's fine, James. We're going to pretend like that didn't happen, I guess if that's where we're going to go. So I'm going to talk about some of the other incarnations of Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin, because let's put them on the table too, James Gavsey. The Iron Patriot is an Iron Man character. He's wearing an Iron Man suit, which we all know is super powerful, and it's going to be generally immune to any lightning or electrical-based attacks because we've seen that Stark technology works that way, and it's not affected by such things. So if he gets himself in the Iron Patriot suit with all the missiles, with all of the, the, the bombs, and he starts raining that death down on the crowd, shoot, my understanding is the Iron Patriot suit could also work independently. So now you're fighting Green Goblin, you're fighting the glider, maybe multiple gliders, and you're also now fighting the Iron Patriot suit at the exact same time because Norman Osborn has been the Iron Patriot before. But that's not it. He's also, in more recent storylines, become a character character known as the Red Goblin. Now, how did he become the Red Goblin, James? He merged with a symbiote named Carnage, who I just learned a whole heck of a lot about a few weeks ago on this show. So Norman Osborn combining himself with the Red Goblin, since we're only talking about recent iterations and only the recent iterations of these characters, James... Mm hmm. Let's talk about the Red Goblin because you take the indestructibility of Carnage along with his ability to shapeshift. You combine it with the gadgets of the Green Goblin. It now allows him to fly, be super malleable, be no weaknesses. So he's immune to electricity, which original Carnage, since again, we're not talking about the original version anymore. We're only talking about the newest version. And quite frankly, Red Goblin with his basically invulnerability to anything that Black Lightning can dish out. The fact he's going to be putting so many people in peril, and at the end of the day, a metahuman is still a human. And and let's face it, Black Lightning has blood, which means that part of Carnage could go inside of Black Lightning and corrupt his bloodstream because he is still a human being. And so you take a character that combines the best attributes of Norman Osborn with the best attributes of Carnage, merge them together into one character that keeps Norman Osborn in control because Norman convinced Carnage, the symbiote, that that was the best way to kill the most people. 
and Carnage said yes, and he is glad that he did. It took the Avengers to finally bring down the Red Goblin, but Black Lightning don't have any help coming from his Justice League pals, of which he is only a reservist. And that's why Norman Osborn, beyond a shadow of a doubt, wins this fight only using the methods that James has put on the table in the first few rounds. And that is my point number three. So so who are you debating right now, Ray? Are you debating... Norman Osborn. So when we said it was Black Lightning versus Green Goblin, now this is Black Lightning versus every iteration of Norman Osborn. Is he combining the Iron Patriot and Red Goblin characters? Quite frankly, you're combining a whole lot of one-off things that only happened in the last two years. I don't see why I can't just combine things that Norman Osborn has had access to in the past, James. Oh, that's okay, Ray. So um, <laughs> this is interesting. Let's go to the judge. Rama, wh- what's your take on all of this? What, what, did, what, what are you taking in from Ray's point number three here? You know, I think for the sake of our enjoyment, because this is who would win and it is a society of laws at the end of the day, that we allow Crazy Ray's rambling to be allowed in this final round. It is the final round. It is the Hail Mary moment. If Ray wants the Iron Man 3 ending of all sorts of goblins all showing up in the middle of Manhattan <laughs> at once, millions of gliders and and Cletus Cassidy's taking over, let's see if that's enough. If you can defeat raise insane fever dream then there is no doubt in my mind that black lightning would win every single time but let's allow raise fantasy this this desire to see all of these different versions of norman osborne be realized wow okay all right so let me just take a second here and kind of break this down so we're we have the iron patriot armor that was defeated by the way by Tony Stark hacking into it and giving a shutdown signal, giving an electrical pulse, shutting it down. And that's how the Iron Patriot armor was kind of taken out that's and decimated. Right. Prior knowledge from a super genius. Got yes, it. That that's something. Right. So Not I would say. Here. And then for the Red Goblin, how was he defeated? They actually had to encapsulate him into a bubble like a force bubble of some type of magnetic energy or what have you, or energy, that's something Black Lightning can do. That's how I would counter it. But then let me get to my point number three and show you how I'd really, really, or why Black Lightning would really, really have the win over here. Let's talk just about his big wins, his major feats, and how he's going to deal with this. So it's official. Black Lightning is one of DC's strongest heroes. Let me explain why. He's so powerful, he can easily power up the Justice League satellite when it was out of power. That's like a floating mega facility. He goes in, powers it up, not a problem. He's fine. Uh, he can call down lightning and aim so precisely that he can have it hit anyone and anything he wants. Someone was holding a brick, testing him out. Boom. He destroyed the brick with a strike of lightning. The guy was fine. He can call down lightning and charge himself with it. He can control the weather. He can charge himself such a degree that he can survive and fly in space unaided. He can turn his whole body into electric energy. And as a being of living energy, good luck hitting him or doing anything with that. Ray, have you tried punching electricity? It's not a fun thing to do. It's not easy to do at all. Let's see. He's got super speed now. He's to such a when he goes all into an electric form, he can move almost at light speed. And this is the best part of all to talk about how powerful he is. Batman believes Black Lightning is one of the most powerful beings on the planet. You know how I know that? Because in one issue of Batman the Outsiders, Batman said to Black Lightning, and I quote, 
you should be standing next to Diana and Clark. I've always known that. And that means that Batman thinks of the trinity of the superheroes of DC Comics, Superman, Wonder Woman, it should be Black Lightning, not himself. That's how powerful he thinks he is. So why does Batman think that he should be standing up there? Let's look at who Black Lightning has defeated. He's beaten the Joker and Poison Ivy at the same time. He did it easily. He's beaten the greatest fighter of all of DC Comics, a character named Karate Kid. He's beaten Lex Luthor twice while Lex Luthor is wearing his power armor, which is super powerful, very similar at the very least, the Iron Patriot armor. He's beaten the Cheetah twice, who's a Wonder Woman level threat. He did it easily. He's defeated Kryptonians, took out two Amazons at the same time, took on Superman in a fight, easily destroyed huge sections of cities. He loves area of attacks where all of a sudden, if someone's coming down on him and he's got their civilians there, he doesn't know what to do. He blasts the whole area, you know, blocks and blocks and blocks within the same city with electrical energy, knocking everyone out. That's what he'll do. If civilians are in play, he'll say, great, I'll take everyone out. They'll survive. That's what I got to do. He's taken on Amazo when the Justice League was taking him on. The only person who was starting to affect one of his powers was Black Lightning. He was actually hurting Amazo with his Black Lightning. He took out something called the Imperiates probe. And this is something like picture Galactus who takes out planets. There's this creature called Imperiates who actually takes out galaxies and is trying to destroy the universe. He sends these probes that are giant robots that destroy planets. He sends it to Earth. The probe destroys Supergirl easily. Black Lightning goes blows it up, destroys it, and then contains what people thought was a nuclear explosion within that magnetic field, that force bubble, if you will. When these two fight, Black Lightning will quickly figure out the insanity, whether it's Red Goblin, Iron Patriot, or Green Goblin, or Osborn. He's going to figure this guy out really quick. He's going to figure out how powerful he is. He's got ways to deal with it. Remember, he can almost read minds by following the electrical impulses through someone's mind to the brain. He can tell, like, got it. This guy's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I'm dealing with someone kind of like the Joker and Lex Luthor combined. I'm I'm reading this guy. I got it. If this was a second encounter where Norman Osborn had prior knowledge and time to prepare, I really do think he'd figure out a way to win as powerful as Black Lightning is. But in a random encounter, we has no clue what he's facing against someone who's now Superman or Diane or Wonder Woman class who can tap into the planet for power, never run out of energy and turn himself into lightning or electricity. It looks very clear that regardless of whatever form Norman Osborn has, he's being beaten by Black Lightning. That's my point number three. Well, James, you tried, you put forth an effort, and I have to at least give you an A for the attempt. But the truth of the matter is I've got way too much coming after you right now. Now, you said that he would just shoot an electrical current into, into a city block, knocking everybody unconscious. We all know famously unconscious people can't be blown up and killed. What are you even talking about? That just makes them more vulnerable to random bombs being thrown into the streets. I don't think Black Lightning would do that even a little bit, given this particular situation that I'm presenting here. So you're, you're creating illogical things right now. And Batman's, oh, Batman said Black lightning is the most powerful batman has said that about 93 different characters in the dc universe so batman's word on who's the most powerful person next to superman varies based on who's writing the issue batman has seen everybody do that i swear to god he said that robin is one of belongs next to superman at some point so batman's word on that absolutely is not to be trusted and he turns himself into electrical energy now that's a cool thing for some storyline stuff but we have i haven't actually seen him do that in a fight where he turns himself into pure electricity mid-fight, like on a regular basis in first encounters. That's just not a thing he does. That's a deus ex machina he would try to do in the final act. But the problem is by then, by then, 
Norman Osborn will have figured out exactly what to do with electricity and lightning and has already become immune to it because that's the kind of scientific genius that he is. So turn your whole body into the thing that I'm immune to is, is Red Goblin Carnage. Sure, James, that's a great idea. And, oh, and finally, he defeated the Karate Kid. Look, beating Ralph Macchio should be on the bottom line for anybody who considers themselves a viable superhero. So I'm not really hearing that either. Now, the reality of this fight is that Black Lightning is way powerful, way more powerful than I first realized when I, when I agreed to this battle, which is why you have to think about what James has brought to the table here and how James has only initiated the last 17 minutes worth of Black Lightning comics <laughs> and only the most powerful, much like he tried to do with Invincible by arguing, by the way, Invincible as he's existed in comics for two decades isn't who I'm talking about. It's last panel of last page Invincible from the final issue when suddenly he's warden of the universe. I'm sorry, James, that's not how anything works. We talk about Black Lightning, the real character doing things that Black Lightning, the real character, would really do. For example, not have a season five because it got canceled. That's a real thing that Black oh, Lightning would really, really do. That hurts. So the reality here is Norman Osborn as Red Goblin at this point, because he's evolved because you did it, so can I, has now become a symbiote who can shoot these homing bombs and missiles at Black Lightning that could envelop him, that can suck the air out, and, and electricity, if I know one thing, does in fact need molecules in order to move. And if you can just suck out all the air around him, look, I'm no scientific genius, nor do I play one on TV. But I have to understand that he's got gadgets to deal with electricity. Not just that, you're also fighting an Iron Patriot outfit that that is harassing people and a glider at the same time. Heck, 50 gliders at the same time that are all hurting people. And your plan in the middle of all of this, quote me if I'm wrong, James, is he's going to knock everybody who's innocent unconscious to be murdered in their sleep. And then he's going to turn himself into a bolt of electricity and then magically work on carnage, which doesn't happen. Great job, James. Congratulations on losing this battle. The, the only thing, because I, was, I, I wasn't listening, the only thing I did hear at the beginning of that was something about Ralph Macchio. First of all, Karate Kid is a character named Val Armour from the 30th century. He's called, he's the best martial artist of all time. But that's one thing. But to put down the name of Ralph Macchio, to degrade that as a feat, if you could beat the Karate Kid, the person, I don't want to ruin it, I'm going to do it anyway, who defeated you know the main villain from Cobra Kai. And to say that's not a worthwhile thing. If Black Lightning could do that, then he could easily destroy Red Goblin, Thor, and any other type of goblin that you know comes his way. That's all I'm going to say about that. Rama, you've heard arguments from Ray. You've heard arguments from, Ray, from me. It's now time for you to come up with a decision. Take us through your process step by step and tell us who wins this matchup. Is it Black Lightning or Green Goblin, Red Goblin, Norman Osborn, Iron Patriot, and what Ray is talking about? All right. I've heard a lot from both of you in all three rounds and prior to this. And I've learned a lot about Norman Osborn, about Black Lightning. So I invite you to this. Picture this. Here we are in the center of Manhattan. Two combatants cross each other. One, the Green Goblin, Norman Osborn, and the other, Black Lightning. As Ray Stacanus has volunteered in his deus ex machina argument, the Green Goblin is flanked by the Iron Patriot outfit and also has the ability to turn into the Red Goblin. There are machines and weapons everywhere, terrorizing everyone around. As James Gavsey has offered in his Deus Ex Machina argument, Black Lightning can turn himself into pure energy, into pure lightning. He can knock out all of the innocents, but one 
clear detail, Ray, that you ignored, even though you, you brought up that maybe I glossed over the idea that Black Lightning could power down and has powered down as a historical point. If we're talking about that being in the past, he doesn't have to power down anymore. And if a man has turned himself into pure energy and is knocking out machines left, right, and center while a deranged madman can't decide if he's Norman Osborn crazy or if he's Iron Patriot crazy or Cletus Cassidy crazy, then all it takes is the simple move of teleportation that James offered in the beginning to go from attacking all of them at once to being right in Norman Osborn's eyes as he makes that decision to punch him straight to hell. And so, in this random encounter, because Norman Osborn doesn't have months and years to prepare for specifically Black Lightning, and what he may have used on Electro may not work on Black Lightning, I say, in this battle, the winner is James Gavsey, Black Lightning. It's terrible. That is incredible. That is, by the way, that whole matchup was great, but nothing compared to the way the judge described the battle happening. That is genius. Talking about EQ and IQ, Rama Valuri, you are a national treasure. Oh, thank you. This was a delight to hear. I honestly, I would love to see this battle. I would love to see Ray's crazy finale play out in real time because this is far closer than I expected it to be coming in. And one immensely telling detail of this is I want to go out and buy as many Black Lightning comics as I can come across now because I feel like that is a huge blind spot in my comic book knowledge. And with Norman Osborn, there's so much that I've already seen, so much I've learned and enjoyed. And I'm still curious because I don't know enough about Red <laughs> Goblin either. I'm like, wait, what happened there, Ray? I, I want to know more. So this matchup is a great one not only because you both made incredible arguments and made this far closer than anybody could have expected by the end, but it is leading people like me and perhaps some other listeners to want to go and consume more of the source material, to learn more about Black Lightning, to learn more about the many adventures of Norman Osborn. So what you both are doing is a great service to all of geekdom. And if I had a hat, I would doff it off at you or tip the cap but in this battle only one can win and unlike my previous appearance where ray could invoke a point that he won via twitter there are no points that can be (laughs) invoked now there are no wrestling swerves that can save the day black lightning is your reigning defending who would win champion you know this 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 may be one of the best victories i've ever had because Ray pulled out a genius maneuver for his point number three. Ray, that was awesome what you did, bringing in the Iron Patriot, how you, you were the only person, Ray, who could have brought in and have stand both the inclusion of Iron Patriot and the Red Goblin. For a second, as we're preparing this, I'm thinking, would he do one or the other? Which one? would? He? And you totally caught me off guard by using both. That was incredible. How do you feel right now, Ray? I feel like you keep telling me how great my plans are and how great my arguments are, and I keep losing these battles over the last six, seven weeks or so. Look, I won Mainstream March three battles to two, and 
I deserved it, quite frankly, because <laughs> you're right. I am great. I do great research and I come up with great battles arguments. But I'm tired of you telling me how good a job I did in losing efforts. I'm not having that, James. An L is still an L, and I'm not happy about it. Who do you blame for this loss today, Ray? Oh, it's Rama's fault, a thousand percent. <laughs> he obviously wasn't listening to what I was talking. Now, to no. what Rama just said, I also plan to go out and buy a lot of Black Lightning comics. Really, a lot of Black Lightning comics from the last, say, six years or so, so nobody else can read them, so that way you actually can learn who Black Lightning actually is when trying to present for a Who Would Win style battle and not this late Johnny-come-lately version that James is pretending is actually Black Lightning. Shameful, James. Shameful. <laughs> Uh, Ray, I definitely was listening, especially in round two, when you set up that you were going to blame the judge <laughs> when they didn't vote in your favor, which was a clear indication to me you had zero confidence in your argument from the get-go. No, so, I have zero confidence detail. in the judges of the Who Would Win show, Rama. <laughs> and now that I said that in point number two, it shouldn't be a surprise to you to find out that it's happening. Oh, it's not a surprise to me at all. I just know that you're as ungracious in defeat as you are in victory and perhaps who would win should send sell some ray was wrong shirts because if you're on as big a losing streak as you think you are or as the record shows then it shows that james is right ray is wrong and those are more t-shirts that you could sell hey you know what cm punk made a bunch of money off of those john cena sucks t-shirts the cena sucks tees he made the money off of that. Cena made the money off of that. Ray, go full heel. Go full heel, man. Channel I don't, your... I don't, your, I don't know what that word means. Go like, full like, villain. Like fuller, fuller heel? Fuller heel, yeah. Wow. He's he's a hero in his own mind, but sure. become the Norman Osborn you were always born to be in this moment and sell counter merch that James's fans can wear, and then you can just reap the financial rewards of it build yourself a glider i don't know maybe get yourself you know, a you know rama, i'm gonna take your words to heart i'm i'm actually i'm gonna go find a symbiote i'll be right back you know rama this is why you know your your thoughts of like selling merch like that is almost as genius as your ruling is today and just for the fans and the listeners to know the more i research norman osborne the more i'm like wait a minute this is race to canis I was not debating against Norman Osborn today. I was fighting. Black Lightning was fighting Race to Canis. And as great as Race to Canis is, because he's pretty great, he's pretty tough, he's not a Black Lightning. It was an oddly autobiographical argument that was going on, in some <laughs> ways on, on both sides. You are not a strong black man. I'm not. Olympian. You do care about the people. I do. In a, in a similar way to Black Lightning. And you might be a metahuman. Ray is an unstable genius, unappreciated in his time, often because he appreciates no one but Ray Stacanus. So you are the Green Goblin, you are Norman Osborn, and James, you might be his Peter Parker. He may terrorize you and your Spider-Man forms across the entire multiverse. So regardless of how many episodes in the future of Who Would Win are made, hopefully it runs forever, just know, in any alternate reality... As long as there is a race to Canis, there is a James Gavsey, and they are terrorizing each other. I couldn't find a symbiote. Oh, I'm sorry. Ray. They have to. They'll they'll appear once they want to bond with you. That's they're just they they're not mm-hmm. there yet. Sorry, Ray. Um, if you go swimming in the Rio, maybe the Candiro will be your symbiote. <laughs> it won't enter you the way that you want, but it'll change you forever. 
I'll write that down. Sounds a good, good idea. Uh, good. All right. So this was an amazing matchup. Rama, you uh, brought your genius to this and, and, and gave it the spin that only you could do. Thank you so much. Please come back real soon. Tell our audience where they can find you online. Uh, you can find me by searching for my name at Rama Valuri on Twitter and Instagram where you will find what I'm mostly up to. I don't really pay attention to what's going on on Facebook or just search my name on Google and eventually they'll let me talk about all the other things that I'm working on. But it was an absolute pleasure to be here. You have a wonderful show, and it is a delight to sit here as a judge and listen to the two of you scream at each other. (laughs) A lot of families grow up watching their parents fight, and it's an unpleasant thing. I, meanwhile, just get to watch two big brothers arguing about nonsense as I get to laugh in the background. So absolute pleasure Thank you for having me, and I'm happy to come back at any point. Love it. All right, Ray, you you brought it today. You came out swinging. You gave me a, a third point that I wasn't expecting, had me on the ropes. You were fantastic today. Tell everyone where they can find all the greatness that is Ray Stacanus online. You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. I was going to read some five-star reviews, but I've decided not to. The people haven't earned them this week. Sorry, people. Be better. Find me at Almighty Ray. Hashtag Ray was robbed. Obviously, hashtag find Ray a symbiote. Is there is there a type of symbiote you'd like to have? Well, I could always, you know, get rid of it if I find a better one. So, you know, that's fair. That's how symbiotes work to my understanding. That's exactly it. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook by typing in at James Gavsey. And remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and wherever else you go for your podcasts. And check out the Who Would Win website at www.whowouldwinshow.com to access all of our past podcast episodes. On behalf of myself, Ray Stacanus and the rest of the amazing who would win team thank you once again for listening to another episode of who would win we'll see you next time when Optimus Prime died. Or the days when every series had a ham-fisted anti-drug episode. Or when you wrote fan fiction about how the Animaniacs were so hot in that water tower so they took off all their clothes and they started... No! No, different podcast. This one is Knowing is Half the Podcast, a show devoted to the best and worst animated memories of your childhood. Every week we recap a cartoon from the past to see if they're as good as you remember. They're not. What are you talking about? They're great! You're both wrong! None of them get good until they're in a water tower. No! No. And Knowing is Half the Podcast. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.